Acts chapter 22, Acts chapter 22, reminded our Sunday school teachers that one of the things we are to be is a good witness, and that's important, and people expect you as a Christian to be a good witness. I uh, was in Springfield today for uh, just a little bit, and there were several uh, several guys there was a, that were having a conversation, and I was part of that. And uh, one guy was talking about uh, uh, how, uh, how the building industry is. And one guy was talking about how the banking industry was, and everybody depressed. It's all bad news, all bad news. And uh, they looked at me, and they said, so what do you think? I said, you guys, all you know is bad news. I specialize in the good news. That sin is a problem, and Jesus Christ has provided the solution. And they looked a little shell-shocked. <laughs> but we should be a good witness. In Acts chapter 20, this week and next week, I'm going to bring you a Bible study on uh, just, just going back to basics. And this is not going to be anything that is earth-shattering, but I hope that it will be encouraging to you. We're in uh, Acts chapter 22. Now, let's just start at verse 1. We're going to go down through uh, verse Uh, Probably verse 14. Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he saith, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarshish, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And I persecuted uh, this way, talking about Christianity, uh, <coughs> excuse me, unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. And also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey, this is power of a personal testimony, and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered and said, Who art thou, Lord? All of a sudden his voice went from being deep uh, to being a little bit high-pitched. Uh, He's a little bit frightened, without a doubt. And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid. But they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, what what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And what do you want a new believer to see? Uh, this is this is Paul. This is a, he is he's gone from being a persecutor. Uh, he is he has just been born again, and some exciting things. Who do you want him to see? Uh, do you want him to see uh, negative Nelly? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, he saw Ananias, uh, verse, verse 12. And one Ananias, notice this, 
a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews, not just the believing Jews, but even of the unbelieving Jews. He was a, he was a devout man. Well, what do you think about Ananias? I tell you what, uh, he, that, guy, that guy lives the Christian life. Uh, he's, he's serious about uh, walking with God. Man, he's, he's a student of the Bible. Uh, he, was, he was devout, and everybody knew it, which dwelt there. Came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. <laughs> and now, why tarriest thou? What you standing around for? Arise and be baptized. Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for Ananias and for his testimony. And may we be so motivated uh, to uh, live our lives likewise. Now, speak to our hearts this evening. It is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're in the football season, and if you follow football in any, on any level, peewee to professional, high school and college, a pickup game in the yard, uh, if, if they're losing, they've got a losing record, and you go to practice, they go back to basics. Okay, we're going to go back to basics. Uh, you look on a, a field, it, it annoys me uh, to watch a game. And Mrs. Bishop will tell you, uh, do you scream and yell? I don't scream and yell. And I go, uh, that, guy, that guy does not know how to tackle. What is that? Tackling is a basic thing. You run up to a person and you wrap your arms around them. You see some of these professional guys, uh, they knock into the people like uh, they should fall down. I hit you, fall down. Uh, but the, they, they don't know. Uh, they're not going to fall down because they don't want to fall down. They want to run to the end zone. And they do. It annoys me to no end. What is that? That's basic peewee football. Wrap them up. If you've got both arms around his legs, he is not going to run anymore. But if you just hit him, he's going to bounce off you. Uh, and he, he's going to the end zone. And we are going to lose. What is that? Basic, basic, basic stuff. Uh, uh, penalties. What is that? Basic stuff. Uh, basic stuff. On the battlefield. The first place the army sends someone is to what? Basic training. Basic training. And along the way, uh, all the training in the military, uh, there are some, there's a lot of specialized stuff. I get that. How to run a tank and how, how, to, how to rebuild an engine and how to fix an aircraft and all that stuff. But when it comes down to battlefield stuff, it's get down, stay low, stay behind cover, keep your armor on. What is this? All... Basic stuff, basic training. And sometimes the veterans need to go back to basic training for battlefield success. Airline pilots. I uh, met, uh, talked to an airline pilot today for a few minutes and uh, I found out he was an airline pilot. Flew for United. And I said, hey, so what do you think about that guy that tried to crash the plane? He went, oh, wow. And, and he went into... And what, what, what do you do? And I said, is that recoverable? He said, well, sure, it's recoverable. 
uh, kind of, but you got this guy trying to crash the plane. And so you've got one guy trying to trying to figure out how he said, because it shuts off. I didn't know all this. It shuts off the engines and it shuts off the fuel going to it. And it shuts off this thing and it shuts off that thing and it shuts off the pressure and it shuts off the hydraulics. I mean, you have nothing. <laughs> And I said, so how do you keep that in the air? He said, well, the first thing, I, I just, I'm going through my mind. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? He said, so I, I, I think, he said, because that jump seat, he said, you've got the pilot seat and you've got uh, the co-pilot seat and that jump seat, that guy's knees is like between the two of you. Well, I didn't know that either. And he said, so I think, I, I thought the first thing I would do is I would take my big old foot and put it on the console. I didn't care what I was wrecking because I'd be beating that guy from here to tomorrow. What is he doing? He's going over in his mind the basics. First thing we got to do is we got to eliminate the threat so that everybody can concentrate on getting that plane uh, back in, uh, getting the air, getting it back under power. Ba- basic stuff. And so they send them to uh, every so many months. They have to do simulator training and they they go through disasters over and over and over again. The police department calls it muscle memory. And police officers have a problem with figuring out, I know you find this hard to believe in the news, they have a problem with figuring out how to get their guns out of the holster. Because it it used to be just a little snap. And and a lot of times the snap would come undone and the gun would fall out. You didn't have a problem getting it out. But now they've got so many safety measures and you've you got to put your thumb down somewhere and you've got to twist in a certain way and you've got to push forward and pull backward. It's, it's, it's crazy. And uh, so the, the guys, they're not even under the stress of the street. They're going to the police range and the, and the instructor from the tower says, we're going to do eight rounds standing strong hand. Eight rounds, weak hand, eight rounds, kneeling, on the whistle, tweet. And it's really funny. Oh, it's not funny. It's tragic to watch the guys on the line going. <coughs> they, they can't get the gun out. And so the next day, for the next three weeks in roll call, uh, the, uh, the duty sergeant says, uh, today we're going to practice how to get your guns out of the holster. And I go, I'm leaving the room. <laughs> you know, it just, I think I can't get the gun out of the holster. I'm, I'm not sure that they've even unloaded the things, you know. And so I leave the room and I let them uh, practice. They all uh, unload and they stand against a brick wall. And uh, it's just good to be somewhere else uh, when that's going on. Uh, what is it? Basic stuff. Living the Christian life is, is basic stuff. You come to the pastor's office and say, I'm having a problem. What should I do? And here's the first thing. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you six, maybe eight things that are just basic Christianity that we get lazy and forget how to do. Number one, read your Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E, Bible. And this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. When I have a failure, I can guarantee you I can trace it to these first two areas. When I get to the end of the day and I realize that I have just, I have just really messed things up royally, I can trace it back to the beginning of that day, my failure 
to be in God's Word as I ought to. Now, it's not difficult to be in God's Word. But it's easy to get distracted by other things. Teddy Roosevelt said this, A thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. So a couple comes to me and they're in trouble or they're having trouble with a trial, they're having trouble with each other. A child comes to me and they're having trouble with their parents. Believe it or not, children had trouble with their parents. And they come to me and say, what do I do? First thing you need to do is get into your Bible. And I'd recommend you go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters. It just so happens that most months, uh, many months, have 30, 31 days. And you can go through a chapter a day. What do I get? What happens when I get to the end of, of the first month? And I've read the whole book. But well, then you start over. You start over. And over the years, I've gone through with teenagers as they have done that on their devotions. And they come back on a weekly basis. One through seven, days one through seven. So what did you get? And we'll go through maybe two, two or three months later. We're back in one through seven for the fourth time. And they'll pick out things out of that chapter that are different than they picked out four months ago. Why? Because there are different things going on in their life four months later. And different truths will jump out of the book of Proverbs that will help you on a daily basis. Mrs. Murray said... Uh, before she passed away into heaven, that she had gone through the book of Proverbs, because a pastor had encouraged her to do that, every month for 70 years. You look at Mrs. Murray and say, what a sweet, Christian, solid Christian lady she is. Not rocket science, it's just getting in God's Word every day. And she did it. I'd encourage you to do it. Reading the Bible is not where your engagement uh, with the Bible should end. It's where it should begin. And so you should think about that throughout the day. Uh, Rick and I and uh, Dustin uh, met together on Tuesday morning at Krispy Kreme uh, for some donuts. And uh, they talked a little bit about of world events. And Dustin mentioned something, some passage of Scripture. And I said, normally on Tuesday, I, I'm not this far along in my Sunday morning message. But I had just... Uh, it's friend day, and I really wanted to be on top of that and to, uh, and had a different topic, not going to be in the book of Ruth Sunday. Um, and I said to Dustin, oh, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to preach. And, and he doesn't have to come Sunday because I said, and, and, and this is what that means. And, and this says this over here. And, and this is what they said there. And we immediately went in from uh, talking about uh, God's word. And, and when... Topics come up. You should naturally be ready to give an answer, to be able to talk, to be able to address about that, to hear something bad going on into the news and say, do you know Christ is your Savior? To be able to take those secular bad news topics and go right into a gospel witness. Uh, and you never know. We, so we were sitting there at the table. Rick will tell you this afterwards. And we were talking about uh, something. And all of a sudden... Uh, and there was a couple, and they're in there uh, occasionally, uh, a little bit older than we are, uh, very nice, very proper, uh, always very well-dressed. And uh, he went up to the counter to do something, and she got up from her table, and she came over to us. Now, we weren't being loud unnecessarily or obnoxious or anything like that, and, but this is what she said. I overheard your conversation. You never know who's listening. 
to those. You might not even be talking to someone, but somebody at the next table is going to be listening. I was out to eat just recently. I was by myself. Miss Bishop was out of town. And uh, and so I didn't feel like cooking. And so I uh, I pulled a Tom Oldenburg and I and I and I went out to eat and I was sitting there at the table and I looked and there was a, a guy and a gal, probably my age. And she it was a buffet kind of thing. And she had gotten up and she had gone and he was there. She was gone. And I don't know if they were dating, maybe. But while she was gone, he bowed his head in prayer. Now, she came back to the table and started eating. She didn't pray. But he did. And I just thought that was a neat thing. So when I got done with my meal, I walked over to him and I said, Hey, when you sat down, I noticed that you bowed your head in prayer and, and thank God uh, that gave you life for your food. I just want you to know it is refreshing to me to see a man who's not afraid to pray in public. Now, that was partly for him and partly for the girl that was probably lost sitting there with him. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, people, I'm just saying, people are watching you. Bow your head and pray. Uh, be in God's Word. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God, every word, everyone, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Do you put your trust in God and in God's Word. I hope that you are. Psalm 56 verse 4 says, In God I will praise His Word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding. Under the simple. Uh, you hang around me very long, you're going to figure out real quick that the preacher is not, he, he, he has a room temperature IQ. You're, nobody's ever accused me of having 170 IQ. They've never, never, I've never done that. Now, maybe Brother Oldenburg, but, but not, not me. But God's Word makes simple people look smart. How, how do you know that? I have no wisdom outside of the wisdom from God's Word. You need to understand that just knowing God's Word and being able to apply God's Word does not make you smart. Because that tendeth to pride. It just makes you look smart. Make sure you give the glory to God. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. God speaks to those who take time to listen. Are you hearing me? God speaks to people. God speaks to Christians who take time to listen. The number one Excuse I hear from Christians about their relationship with the Lord, their complaint is that God doesn't speak to me like He speaks to you. My question back is always, did you open God's Word this morning? No. Did you open God's Word yesterday morning? No. 
How about the morning before that? Well, yeah, that was Sunday. I was in church. Okay, that doesn't count. How about Saturday? No. So, God's not speaking to you because you're not opening His Word. God is not going to speak to you through pepperoni pizza before bedtime. He's going to speak to you through this book. God's not going to speak to you through jalapeno peppers. He's going to speak to you through this book. If you want God to speak to you, you've got to open the book. Basic stuff. God speaks to those who take time to listen. The second truth goes along with that. It is part of this statement leading us into point number two. So number one, God speaks to those who take time to listen. And God listens to those who take time to pray. Again, as I said, starting out, when I have a bad day, I can always trace it to my failure during that particular day to make these two items a priority in my life. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. You struggle with getting up in the morning and getting in the book and praying, and I, I struggle with that too. And I've, again, every single time that I've had a failure and that I've had a bad day, that I get to the end of the day and say, how, how, could I, how, could, how, how could I have taken a perfectly good day and made it such a... How could I get so little done today? Uh, no. No, sir, I didn't read my Bible or pray. When do you got to start praying? Man, you got to start praying before, before your feet hit the floor. God, today, I'm going to mess things up if I don't have your power. I need your power. I need your help. I need your Holy Spirit. I need you to help me. I need you to help me to stay focused. Because in a moment, I'm going to, I'm going to greet my kids. You know, my kids like to push my buttons. And I need you to help protect my buttons. And they push that first thing in the morning. How, how, do, you do, how do you deal with that? God's Word and prayer. The wisdom of Proverbs will help you in the morning. And prayer, asking God uh, to help you assimilate that. Someone said this, prayer is the very breath of the Christian life. Sadly, an oft-neglected activity. Psalm 5 verse 3 says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and look up. Psalm 42, verse 8, that yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. And Christians get frustrated. Preacher, what's the secret to live in the Christian life? Are you in your Bible? Are you on your knees? No, no, preacher. I'm serious. I need some real help. Are you in the book? Are you on your knees? No, 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 no preacher. You do not understand my struggle. I need the Word of God and the power of God. You need God to speak to you. And you need God to hear you. 
basic stuff. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, rejoice evermore. That'd be a good verse to memorize. That'd be even short enough that I think everybody in the room could do that. And the next verse is not much longer. Pray without ceasing. Instead of getting frustrated, when you go down the road and you hit a traffic light, you go beyond the traffic light and see an accident, pray and say, thank you, Lord, for stopping me at the light so I wasn't part of the wreck. I'm going to go off topic just a little bit. But it would help me spiritually if after you went, got stopped at the light and saw the wreck and thanked God very quickly that you stopped looking at the wreck and drove down the road. Please, people, stop, stop, stop gawking, stop gawking, stop rubbernecking, move, move. Uh, that happened to me this, this week as well. <coughs> But get moving in everything. Verse 18, in everything, give thanks. What should I pray for? In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. First Chronicles 16, 11, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. We're bouncing for a reason, because I want you to see that the psalmist understood that they had to be in God's word and prayer and the first century powerful Christians understood that they needed to be in the word of God in prayer if they were going to be successful. And we are not going to be. And, and back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah's like, hey, I need to be in the word of God and in prayer. And here we are in 2023. And it's like, no, I need something else. No, no, you don't. No. God needs to hear from you. You need to hear from God. Uh, these two things are huge. Psalm 27, verse 8, When thou saidest, Seek thee my faith, my heart, son of thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Psalm 27 is a great chapter to memorize. We did, I don't know, 20 years ago or so. I'd encourage you to memorize that. Uh, Martin Luther <coughs> said this, If I fail to spend two hours in prayer each morning, the devil gets the victory throughout the day. I'm not asking for two hours. I think tomorrow morning, uh, since you haven't been doing anything, the Lord might be, he might be really happy to hear from you for five minutes. Don't start out with trying to have a two-hour prayer time. Start out with having a prayer time, period, and asking God for help. Luther also said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And what does that draw our attention to? That we should pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Uh, you send me a text or message throughout the day, you are liable to get this reply back. I have prayed for you, by name, capital letters, right now, capital letters. I won't ask you to raise your hand. If you're sending me a text message throughout the day, that's what you're hearing back. Do, that, that's just, say, preacher, how in the world do you pray without ceasing? Every time somebody sends you a text message, pray for them by name. And then tell them that's what you did. That, that'll keep you praying. 
or people will stop texting you. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, pray, 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 pray. Ian Bound said, those who know God the best are the richest and most powerful in prayer. And then that will bring you to this third thing. Number one, get in God's word. Number two, get on your knees. And number three, be a bold witness. If you are in God's word and you are praying, you are naturally going to talk about the things you've been reading. You get a bunch of young people together. I don't have to. I get lots of preaching material because I know what movies they watch because they talk about it. And I know what movie stars they idolize because they talk about them. And I know what ball teams uh, they fall and worship because that's all they talk about. But what they are not talking about is God's word. And that speaks volumes. It says, I'm not in God's Word. They're in music, they're in movies, they're in sports, but they're not in God's Word. If they were, they would talk about it. You get in God's Word, you're going to automatically become a better witness because you're going to start talking about it. Again, At at the Krispy Kreme, we did not sit down at the table on Tuesday with a desire to have a Bible conversation. But when you take three men that have been in God's Word and you set them at a table, God's Word is going to come out. It just is. And then there's going to be a spiritual conversation. So you've got three men uh, that are in God's Word. And again, that witness goes over to the next table. Uh, the lady got up. She came over. Uh, I was there. The preacher was there without a gospel track. But Rick had one. I reached over the table, and I, I took it off Rick's pile, and I said, here. <laughs> and Rick said, oh, man, I should have done that. Well, he got credit for it because his track. I would have had to go out to the car. It was interesting that morning as I got going. I thought, you know, and I, they were on the dresser, and they were right there. And I picked them up. And I carried them all the way to the car with me, and I stuck them in the cup holder. I knew I'd drag something, but I would have had to get up and go out to the car to get them. Rick had bullets in his gun. He was ready to go. And that all came as a result of a non-forced spiritual conversation that came as a result of just three guys that had been in that passage of Scripture within the last 24 hours. Getting God's word. And you'll be a witness. Matthew 28 says, go. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you're going to get power. When you go, you'll receive power. Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Psalm 96, the psalmist said, declare his glory among the heathen. His wonders among all the people. Mark 16.15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I don't know if you looked in the mall recently in Springfield. There are a lot of creature-looking types over there. Just saying. Isaiah 43.10, ye are my witnesses. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless as sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world.
Brother Oldenburg is teaching on Sunday morning about end-time events. Wow. What a great topic for the day and age in which we live. And what a great opportunity to talk about those things in the secular arena. If we understand what lies ahead for those who do not know Christ, then there will be a sense of urgency. Moody said this, I do not know anything that would wake up Chicago better than for every man or woman who loves Jesus to begin to talk about him to their friends and just to tell them what he has done for them. You have a circle of friends. Go tell them about Jesus, Dwight L. Moody. George Whitfield said this, God forbid that I should travel with anybody a quarter of an hour, 15 minutes, without speaking to them of Christ. Father, I pray that we would be reminded that these are just basic things, that we would be in your word, we would be people of prayer on our knees, and that would automatically cause us to speak of the things that we have seen and heard earlier in the day uh, to others as we go along life's journey. Help us not just to uh, do a mindless activity. God bless the day. But to get in your word, to think about it, to mull it over, to digest it, and then to share it with somebody else. Give us the power to do that as we go in Christ's name. Amen.